It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who has been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome, welcome, and welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm Ken Chester in studio with Jack DeLeon and Sasha Little. Together, we are better known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. So glad you could join us. Now, this week, I have a program chock full of news and information just for you. In addition to our usual wandering around for news from the parts bin, I'm dedicating the entire show, now as both hours, to Automated Vehicles 3.0. That's the annual document from the U.S. Department of Transportation that deals with our journey towards an autonomous vehicle future. And we're going to get into the, probably more of the highlights because this is a big document. It's 55-plus pages. We're not going to go page by page, but it will give you an idea of what the thinking is, where the government's at, and where you might even fit into it. But there's more about that. This hour, we're going to start with the six core principles outlined in the document upon which the document's based. We're going to take a look um, at a journey by the numbers, and we're finally going to end the hour with a high-level look at the role of the United States government throughout the process, or in this case, the lack of the United States government lack through the process. thereof. That is what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But first... Adding your voice to the conversation is easy, as usual. Call or text me via the Roadworthy Driveline, that number, 872-222-9793, and that number is good anytime. If you're one that prefers email, you can reach out to me uh, and the show via my address, and that's Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net. We want to hear from you. Before I continue, let me properly introduce the other two members of the crew, my friend, resident curmudgeon and Roadworthy Drive executive producer, Jack DeLeon. And the token millennial in the room, the often <laughs> caffeinated, always opinionated, Sasha Little. Howdy, my peoples. <laughs> really? Okay. Somehow, some way, that seemed like an insult. Uh, no, just state and fact. I barely made it into the millennial timeline. Like, barely. Like, literally within months. But you are a millennial. <sighs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen out there, this show has now gone into new lows. I will tell you why. <laughs> oh, my. During our pre-production meeting this morning, somehow, some way, we got on the topic of Acme. <laughs> What's wrong with Acme? <laughs> and more number one, Number one, none of the stuff in the Warner Brothers cartoon made by Acme actually worked. And the discussion was, did it actually work? And the people who bought the topic or bought Why the... Why Lee Coyote, thank you very much. Right. Didn't know how to use it properly. Uh -huh. And Daffy Duck. But I mean... But ma but and mainly, Marvin the Martian. Well, but mainly... Yes. Why Lee Coyote? Meep, meep. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, Again, it, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this show has reached new lows. But wait a minute. We, wait a minute. Wouldn't you agree... We talk about if it moves, we cover it. It's roadworthy drive are after you, all. Are you really going to take this? That's on? Road Runner. Wow. Road Runner. Wow. Road Runner. Wow. I'm just saying, <laughs> Road Runner. We're all about freedom on the road. So maybe Acme was actually uh, in favor of uh, the Road Runner's freedom, 
and uh, gave him the defective stuff. So it wouldn't work. There's no love for Acme. And we're moving on to the parchment now. No no love for Acme. Oh, no, I got some love for Acme. I mean, I think that they give me hours upon hours of, you know, stimulation and laughter. And entertainment. For products that don't work. And again, let's go to the parchment. (laughs) Man has no love. Anyway. I have perfect love. We just got to go. Our clock is our frenemy. Always. Always. Speaking of frenemy. Yes, sir. Jeep Wrangler. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um, going to turn serious a moment. Yep. Uh, FCA has issued recalls for the Wrangler uh, JL, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, 2018-2019 for frame welds. We- excuse me. Frame, frame welds. Right. Yep. That are failing. Wow. And causing a loss of steering. Yep. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Big issue. This is, this is part of the suspension. Mm-hmm. These welds were poorly done in some of these vehicles. Okay. They have failed, resulting in an inability of the driver to control the vehicle. Now, were these welds done by people or robots? Don't know. I would imagine robots. But the problem is they failed. Okay. How many vehicles are we talking about? According to the company, they believe that the recall population is roughly 18,000 vehicles, of which only 4% or 720 may have the issue. Um, from what I'm reading and the research I did for this, mm-hmm. I suspect that number is higher because there's a number of people uh, who have actually filed complaints, taken pictures, post them online, of the actual failure of that bracket. Yeah, I mean, social media on this one really, really erupted. And it was surprising to me the amount of forums on this particular subject that had erupted months, months before they actually release Now, this. what they're talking about specifically in this particular case is uh, a point at the frame, what they call the track bar. And the track bar is what keeps the axle in place. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, when that weld breaks, when you're turning the wheel, you're literally turning the axle. Yep. And you're done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's an issue. Um, now, nobody's died yet. No. Nope. Thank God. And, and from this thing, this is one of these things where the company's actually, uh, and we've talked about this before, with a stop sale. Mm-hmm. Companies issued stop sale on this vehicle. In other words, they can't sell them until they make sure the problem's fixed. Yep. Okay. And again, anyone who's driving a 2018, 2019 Jeep Wrangler JL. Now, what is the JL? The JL is a model of the Wrangler. Okay. Um, my we're suggestion. Talking, we're, we're, excuse me. We're talking about what I would call the old Jeep, like mm, we saw in World War the, II, right? No, no, no. The Wrangler has uh, has uh, evolved from there, and there's several different models within, including a new model. But the GAL would be considered the older model. But here's the problem, folks: if you are driving a 2018, 2019 Jeep Wrangler JL. And you want to know if you're if you haven't experienced a steering problem or a loss of steering, but you're still concerned of whether or not your vehicle's safe to drive? Like we always send you www.safercar.gov, and you can enter in your VIN to see if it's subject to the recall. If it is, or if you have not yet heard from the company, but yet you see it on the VIN, please don't drive it. Mm-hmm. Please don't. Yeah, this is one of those where you know. You pull it over, you call and tag your dealership, and they and will get, come it get it towed. Yeah. Do not 
drive. And in. this is one of those things that I'm sure if you've got something that's a 2018, 2019, this is one of those reasons why you get the app for your vehicle. Because your app, after you put in all that information, the minute that something goes out that even is a safety concern, they're going to let you know. Your informational dash on your Wrangler will let you know when you actually turn it on. If there is something like you know, with this particular item, if there's a recall. Now, is that is that a Chrysler app or is that a government app that you can load? The Chrysler app. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. They've huh. got they've got one for uh, for that and then your informational dash, which is constantly commu- communicating with the, you know, Internet of Things anyway. Well, with, with the home computer. Right. With the home computer in your let, dash. Based, no, no. Based someplace in this country. <laughs> right? Oh, my. You know, um, oh, 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 my people. Now, oh, my. FCA has not issued a. Oh, they have. A, no. A stop drive. Do uh, not drive the vehicle like right, Ford did with the Ranger. I don't think so. I don't think so. But then again, we're not in possession of the actual recall notice. Okay. Because uh, I know that there has been a safety concern, but I don't. I did not see anything when I was doing that. And I did, I did not either. So the thing is, again, people, if you're driving a brand new or even one year old uh, or even one the year before, if possible, and you're wondering, is my Wrangler subject to this recall? And you have not heard from the manufacturer, safercar.gov, type in the VIN. And we'll have it on our Facebook and on our website, again, if you go to the links, where that is right there for you. Um, and don't be afraid to contact your dealer and take it in. I mean, it. this is a huge safety concern. Don't be afraid. But, but here's the thing. Uh, first, check to see if your VIN comes up. Because if it does, don't drive it. Get it towed in. Uh, right, yeah. So, Definitely. you know, we care about your safety here at Roadworthy Drive. And that's why we share these things. Um, it's so critical. And it's so rare. This kind of thing doesn't happen that often. Yeah. I mean, this is very rare with computers, particularly computers do most of the welding, particularly with a frame. So I suspect it's probably a supplier because usually they buy frames that are built, you know, towards their specifications. So. And I, I am curious. I think Jack brought up a very good point. I'm curious as to what was the cause. Yeah. Well, we will find out. Coming up, it's that time of year again, and we're talking about where the feds are regarding the development of autonomous vehicles. Learn what we found out. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. new Chevrolet Bel Air Impala Sport Coupe, his dream come true. 
The Impala is a special kind of love affair for a man, and he'll know the feeling the minute he takes the wheel. For this is more than a new, superbly beautiful car. It's a different kind of car, long, low, and loaded. The style spectacular of the 1958 Chevrolet line. And underneath Chevrolet's sculpturamic styling, hidden from your eye, there is silky, silent power to take you from standstill to windswept in a matter of seconds. A car for the moments that live forever in a man's memory. gives that sense of personal fulfillment every man needs. Driving it is an experience he never forgets. For with Chevrolet, the fun is in the going. If you've never felt this way about a car, then make it a point to drive a Chevrolet Impala very soon. authorized Chevrolet dealer will be happy to arrange a demonstration drive. I'm not sure about this commercial. Okay, I'm so really he, not. Here's my thing. Why did no one warn me to light the candles and set the mood and <laughs> lay out the guy? That was a commercial. Two, that, uh, two minutes. Should I have started? And 20 seconds. Should I have started the disco ball? I, I'm, I'm telling you, something needed to be happening to kind of disco, set the mood. Disco ball would have been about 20 years too early. And did they call it the coupe? Because I heard toupee. Coup, no, no, coupe. Um, as in I'm. No, 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 coupe. A coupe. With a C. A, a coupe. Coupe. And if you're wondering what this nonsense is, welcome back to Roadworthy <laughs> Drive. I'm going to have to post that video mm-hmm. on our on our Facebook. Two minutes, 20 seconds. You know what? And it's I, words that I cannot say on radio. <laughs> uh, okay, then. <laughs> that commercial. Together, people, we are known as the Roadworthy Drive crew, and we are glad you dropped by. <laughs> Even though this commercial is probably going to be in their minds for some time. Uh, and in not a very good way. I mean, yeah. very disturbing. 1958. 1958. The yeah. year that you were born. Yes. Isn't that supposed to be like the golden age of morality and understanding? I got nothing. And... I got nothing. Okay, then. I got nothing. Okay. I like Ike. That's all I got. <laughs> Moving along, nothing to see here. Yes. This hour, we're talking about autonomous vehicles, although you couldn't tell by this conversation. Right, right. More to the point. Um, we are discussing the annual document that's produced by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Now, the DOT, the Federal uh, Department of Transportation, first issued a document like this back in 2016. In that first document, the agency laid out suggested guidelines and other assistance for individual states that had started to grapple with the coming re- reality of autonomous vehicles on their roads and highways. Now, To be sure and to be clear, federal law, as upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, stipulates that the Department of Transportation or designated agency, in this case, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has the last word on rules, regulations, and administrative directives regarding highway safety and compliance. That's true. 
NHTSA knew this document would continue to evolve. They said that with the first one. They said it last year. They knew that this year would be updated as well. Yep. Now, I want to start with some of the basics here uh, of the document. Um, From the director, Secretary Elaine L. Cho, Mm -hmm. um, they're talking about uh, this particular last year's item which they call the Automated Driving Systems 2.0, a vision for safety, the department provided voluntary guidance to the industry, as well as technical assistance and best practices to the states, offering a path forward for safe testing and integration of automated driving systems. Um, they said that. Let me get to the next page. Oh, yeah. However... The U.S. Department of Transportation has established a clear and consistent federal approach to shaping policy for automated vehicles. And they're going to base all of everything else we're going to talk about on the six following principles. Which I have to just interject real quick. Um, This is going to be a thing, people. I mean, behind the scenes in places where people rarely travel and investigate they are putting down the framework. They are putting this out there and trying to explain to people how it's going to coincide with our society. Um, go ahead. Tell them the, uh, the six points here. Oh, you're just, you're just itching. Oh, I am revving to go. We will prior to, we will, <laughs> I can't even say it. Prioritize safety. I didn't even pronounce that right. We will prioritize safety. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. That's one. And I'm going to come back and explain these in a minute, but I just want to read okay. um, this one. Number two, we will remain technology neutral. I don't think that the, I think that's going to be one of the biggest problems problems ever. Here's my personal favorite. We will modernize regulations. <laughs> I'll does, come back to it. Doesn't yeah. that sound like the government? It does, which is why I laugh, because <laughs> number four, we will encourage a consistent regulatory and operational environment. I believe right now they call that hands off. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Really? Yeah. 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 Number five, we will prepare proactively for automation. And number six. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is an important one. Mm-hmm. This is very important. Number six, we will protect and enhance the freedoms enjoyed by Americans. But hold on. This is the one I saved for Jack. I, I underlined this part right? for Jack. Right? Okay, here we go. Now, I'm going to read the whole thing, and I'm going to emphasize where it counts. Okay. This is number six, uh, where Sasha just said, we will protect and enhance the freedoms enjoyed by Americans. Okay? Core principle here. The U.S. DOT embraces the freedom of the open road, which includes the freedom for Americans to drive their own vehicles. Yes! I knew he'd like that. We envision an environment in which automated vehicles operate alongside conventional, manually driven vehicles and other road users. They have to put that in. We will protect the ability of consumers to make mobility choices that best suits their needs. Mm -hmm. We will support automation technologies Mm. that will embrace individual freedom by expanding access to safe and independent mobility to people with disabilities and older Americans. When we come back, I'm going to start here for sure. All right. When I come back, safety and automation by the numbers. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Want more? 
more than your share of the road? Be sure to check out Roadworthy Drive on Facebook. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester here in studio with Sasha and Jack, and together we're better known as the Roadworthy Drive crew. Now, for those of you who haven't checked out our website yet, why not? We have audio clips of past shows, video of our behind-the-scenes antics, and so much more. For those of you in the social media universe, Sasha keeps things light and lively with her inspirational and informative postings during the week between shows. See how she keeps the social and our social media. And by the way, for those of you who are truly mobile, we are also now on Google Play, Blueberry Podcasting, and Stitcher. No matter how you roll, we got you covered so that you don't miss a thing. Now, you could, should also uh, put in that for those who like the wheels of non-consent, they might have a few extra surprises this week. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sasha yeah. Sasha managed to steal. I mean, I mean... <laughs> Are we back to that again? We are. We are. I, I may or may not be able to slip away. Uh, now, the only thing saving you, because it is from one of my preferred brands, um, is the fact that they chose not to um, allow it to be driven very far without uh, the need to. It, it doesn't pass a gas station that it doesn't need. It doesn't. It doesn't see a gas station. It doesn't like. I and need. Yeah. Um. There's RVs with better gas mileage. We'll put it that uh, way. No. <laughs> no. No. There's RVs. No. I wish there was. Right. I'd own an RV <laughs> if there was. Anyway, uh, you're gonna want to check it out. Uh, we'll let you know. Uh, that's the little tidbit. Hopefully, we'll be able to start that up consistently in the weeks to come. But you're gonna want to watch for it on social media. Sasha's wheels of non-consent coming is that facebook or youtube i never um, get that straight. i am doing it on facebook i'm also doing like little teasers on instagram you'll find me at tech with sasha right um and i'm leaving it mostly and snapchat i'm i'm on snapchat i'm always, no twitter you won't be twittering i will not actually be doing the twitter oh my the, the twittering you won't be twittering i uh, twittering is oh my oh my goodness she sounds like coffee talk right that, I was just watching a thing on Mike, well, Mike Myers. Well, yeah. there you go. And folks, if you had been in our off-the-air conversation. Which will now be available on Google Play starting in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah. Um, we were having a discussion about the six uh, USDOT automation principles. Yeah. And it got rather interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jack liked the part about including the freedom for Americans to drive their own vehicles. Yes. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. Here's the little problem with that, mm. and then I'm going to let the it The fact go. that humans will be driving? Besides that. <laughs> um, considering the part where older Americans will get assistance. Right. Yeah. Prior to 1945, people born prior to 1945, there's still almost 19 million people alive as of last year, according to that. Right. Which means they're in their late 70s and into their 80s. Uh, for us boomers... The youngest boomer now is 54 years old, and there's 77 million of us. Ooh. So that makes sure. almost 90 million yeah. people who are going to be in that position pretty soon. I just don't see where driving manual and autonomous beyond a commingling period of maybe 10 to 15 years okay. is going to be uh, practical. Can we talk about 
and I'm going to slip into that millennial because I can. But can we talk about the millennials like me who are just like, I don't want to drive because y'all are just not safe out there on the roadways? Cray cray. I, th- thank you. And as I said in the off, you know, offline, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time that I saw someone on their phone, reading a book, scoming the newspaper, while I'm driving, I wouldn't have to work. Well, and the other one you have to add to that list? Yes, sir. Women putting on makeup. Yeah, right? Is that even a thing anymore? Oh, heck yeah. Still, still, it used to be a bigger thing years ago. Yeah, I, I don't see that as often. Like, I might see a I woman see people just, on their cell phones. Yeah, I might see a woman, like, putting on, like, what I would say, like, lip gloss or lipstick. But I'm right. not seeing, like, what I used to when they would actually put on, like, the lip liner and the eyeliner. And uh, let, I, By the numbers. Let me hit this with you. Go ahead. 39,141. Is the amount of people... Died uh, on all modes of transportation last year. Mm-hmm. 37, 133 was motor vehicles. Yep. This number, and we've said this number before, it bears saying again, mm-hmm. Sasha will understand, mm. 94%. Thank you, sir. Involve driver-related factors such as impaired driving, distraction, mm-hmm. speeding, or illegal maneuvers. Driver error, 94% but, of crashes. But y'all want to keep the right to drive, though. And, yeah. and we're supposed to let you, when we have a system, obviously not yet, but when we have a system that's completely proven to be safe, we're supposed to let you with, a, I'm sorry, what was that statistical number? Again? 94%. 94%. Thank you. And I'm going to sit here and argue the other side of that <laughs> argument uh-huh. because we can't keep technology safe enough that it, it is not hack-proof. Uh, mm. One word, two syllables. There you go. Blockchain. Blockchain. We'll, we'll, we'll get it, into that until later. Until it is out there. Uh, hold it. I don't want to hear this. It's actually is. BMW is looking at it. Well, I realize you're looking several, at it. And several which, other manufacturers. Which, again, but, is why I'm saying we don't have it now. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Uh, more numbers. Okay. 11,000. Number of people died uh, as a result of drinking and driving. That one uh, That one is just gets under my skin like you can't believe. Because I got, it's 100%. I got some more, I got some more numbers for Go you. ahead. Preventable, you, yes. Yeah, preventable. 10,000. Is distracted? Speeding. Ooh, okay. thirty five hundred. Got to keep that one. We're yeah, thirty. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, right. Sasha, talking to you. <laughs> Ten thousand. <laughs> Number you should get familiar with, Sasha. Ten thousand and ninety four percent. Just saying. Uh huh. Thirty five hundred. Distracted drivers. Yeah. People died. Is it really that low? I mean, not anything over like zero is high, but uh, compared. May, may, yeah, the footnote, and I quote. Uh huh. The footnote. This number is likely underreported. Thank you. Because I was, it's, when you have a crash, right, be it the driver that died or the or an oncoming vehicle that died, the technology, unless they're specifically looking for it, is not necessarily there to see, did they just post on Facebook? Did they just send a text message? You know, these things are, you know, they're not doing that with every crash. Go ahead. I want to get some more numbers here before we go to the break. Oh, yeah. 13%. Annual roadway fatalities in crashes involving large trucks, 82% last year. Victims of fatal large truck crashes were road users who were not an occupant of the truck. However, professional drivers are 10 times more likely to be killed on the job and nearly nine times more likely to be injured on the job compared to the average worker. Wow. Because people drive crazy. You don't brake check a 18-wheeler. 
Yeah, and they do. I mean, I've seen some people um, do crazy, insane, had me stopping in the middle of a two-lane highway and screaming at the man as he pulled in there. I got two more for you. 5,977. This is one you don't hear about a lot. Pedestrians killed by motor vehicles. Mm. That's 16% of all motor vehicle fatalities. And then finally, you talk about preventables. This one definitely is. What do you Over the past 10 years, okay. highway grade, highway rail grade crossing fatality. Oh, right. 253 a year. 253 <sighs> stupid folks that thought they could beat a train. Yeah. You never. You're not going to be a train. Ever, ever, dot com. And you realize ever, that it never, never. only goes right there on the track. <laughs> yeah, ain't that? That's the truth. <laughs> Finally, just what is the federal role in this process? We discuss. Stay tuned. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. Drive. Like us on Facebook. This is the fourth and final segment for this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester, and I'm in studio with Jack and Sasha. Together, we're the Roadworthy Drive crew. And before we get into our last part of this show, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to encourage everybody, if you really want to know what we talk about between segments, you're going to want to look here in the next couple of weeks. Sasha will be putting it out on podcasts. Actually, for the first time. Where can they find that? Um, I think with this time around, I am literally just going to release it either on our website, roadworthydrive.com, and then you'll want to click on the listen, and then I will separate it out by month, obviously. Or if you're mobile, which most of us are. Not all of us. Most of us are. Uh, I'm going to actually release it on Google Play. Yeah, don't text and drive. Right, no. But I'm going to release it as behind the scenes, Roadworthy Drive. Um, as opposed to because we have Roadworthy Drive, which is just a standard podcast. Um, but this one, I think, has a lot more merit. Um, it has our, you know, what we talk about and we go in depth and so on and so forth. In other words, you can really see what we really think <laughs> up there. If, if you can't handle the truth, people, you probably don't want to hear that. Ha- do it. Do it, Jack. Is you want answers? It? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. I'll leave that up to you. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Love and that see, scene. See what you think. If you like it, let us know. We'll do more of it. You know, so be very curious. Uh, be nice to Sasha. Everybody's be nice, nice to me. to Sasha. Everybody That's loves me. That's all I'm me. saying. I'm America's uh, sweetheart mm. on the radio. This week, people, <laughs> we are talking about autonomous vehicles. Yes. More precisely... We're talking about what NHTSA, and that's the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, annual report that the U.S. Department of Transportation has been producing each year. Now, within its pages, you get the opportunity to learn what direction uh, the agency is going in with respect to the testing, development, deployment of autonomous vehicles, along with the many different aspects of the technology, from implementation to safety and security. Now, we want to touch base a little bit in the time that we have left, uh, and what the Fed's role is and perhaps should be. Now, their big thing, as far as the federal government is concerned, is uh, did you know, Sasha, mm. that they, they, the U.S. DOT's role in transportation automation 
and I quote, Yes. Is to ensure the safety and mobility of the traveling public while fostering economic growth. Did you know economic growth was part of that? I did not know that economic growth uh-huh. was they can, yes. included in that. Yes. They consider themselves a steward of the nation's roadway transportation system, and the federal government plays a significant role by ensuring that automated vehicles can be safely and effectively integrated into the existing transportation system alongside conventional vehicles like Jack's truck, Pedestrians, bicyclists, motorcyclists, and other road users. Mopeds. Indeed. Scooters. Bicycles. Where's my hoverboard? That's what I want to know. Where no, is my hoverboard, no, no Mr. Ho- DOT? So, sorry, no hoverboard here. I, I, you're going to you're gonna have to deal. <laughs> sorry, no hoverboard. Where's my hoverboard? The DOT also has an interest in supporting innovations that promote safety, reduce congestion, improve mobility, and, again, Increase access to economic opportunity for all Americans. <clears throat> okay, so all I'm going to say is canvas. <laughs> the, Just saying the automotive future could be mobility future that we've heard nothing about ever from Ford. Yeah, yes. what were you going to say? Um, I was actually going to implement the fact that when we talk about economic growth for all Americans. And we're talking about autonomous vehicles. Jack brought up a point several months ago when we talked about this. Is the average American going to be able to afford an autonomous vehicle? And we have talked about the fact that there's just going to be probably fleets of autonomous vehicles. Two things. Yeah, go ahead. Are we going to do charades with this one? No. Sounds like. No. Mobility mosaic. Ah, yes. There'll There'll be people who will choose to own it. There'll be people that will pay for time. There will be people who will share. There will be people that will use it as hailing. There will be completely different models we can't even fathom right now, depending on first mile, last mile, working with public transportation in larger cities, maybe some rural transportation support in rural systems. Uh, I can, and not to mention uh, neighbors getting together and doing things. Example, uh, Tesla's talking about uh, setting up a system where you can share your Tesla with others and mm-hmm. rent it. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Right. Months ago. Can you imagine a neighborhood, an upscale neighborhood uh, <laughs> of maybe 30 homes? Yep. There are five Teslas. And within that neighborhood, the Tesla owners have decided that under certain conditions, at certain prices, at certain times of day, we would make our vehicles available. What a boon that would be to like homeowners associations, like people that live in like those gated communities. And, and yes. then they say that we have maybe this many of the Google vans available or we've got this many Teslas available. And, and electric scooters for rent or exchange, pedal bikes, or board. I mean, even go a little bit further since we're talking about what mobility may look like. Right. Imagine those same Teslas if they're not being shared. If they're not being used by the owner, putting power back in the grid as a as a demand smoother uh, to use basically the power that's in their batteries to feed the grid at a price. Yep. So it it's not an issue of can I afford it? The question is, what will it look like for my needs? And I mean, there's so many ways that it's going to change how commerce works and how uh, people are going to make money, generate money, um, be available. I mean, it's going to create a whole new level 
of entrepreneurship, of, um, I forget. Yeah. Here are the following activities the DOT uh, is going to get into working with stakeholders in the private and public sectors. Right. They want to establish performance-oriented, consensus-based, and voluntary standards and guidance for vehicle and infrastructure safety, mobility, and operations. Got a problem with that, but I'll leave it alone for now. <laughs> I want them mandated. Um, conduct targeted research to support safe integration of automation. Again, that makes sense. Identify and remove regulatory barriers for the safe integration of automated vehicles. It depends what they mean by remove regulatory barriers. I want some accountability. Yep. If it means removing accountability, I got a problem. Uh, ensuring national consistency for travel and interstate commerce. That makes a lot of sense. It needs to be consistent. Finally, educate the public on the capabilities and limitations of automated vehicles. Uh, Newsflash, U.S. Department of Transportation. That's what we're doing right now. Right. Educating the public. Yep. Letting them know what y'all doing and uh, what it means to the average consumer. Now, they did mention that there's an opportunity and there will be opportunities for the public to give feedback. And I suggest they do that. Now, normally, this is the place where I say we're out of time for the week. This time I would be wrong. We plan to continue this conversation during the second hour of this week's program. If your station doesn't carry both hours of Roadworthy Drive, you can catch the conversation either Google Play or our website, roadworthydrive.com. You've been listening to Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.